don't you? I think so. I think so. Wait. Ha 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 ha. Are you recording? Did you put the record yeah, button? <laughs> okay. I'm I'm watching. It's coming through like just a little bit delayed. Ah. Like I'm talking, and then it's happening. Sorry, you're gonna have to cut out some stuff at the beginning. Maybe, maybe not. You know, <laughs> keep it cash. <laughs> well, hey everyone, welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Hutch here with Jackson. Hey, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Ooh, nice harmony. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, good to be back with you all. Yeah, you know, I think I don't know if we've officially admitted it yet, but in case we have not. We have no idea when we are going to record and release upcoming episodes. So I think at some point we said every two weeks. Just we'll air our dirty, dark secrets, Dan. Yeah, sorry. So <clears throat> we have high hopes of efficiency and follow through yes. over these next few weeks yes. and months. But uh, thanks for being patient as we have been uh, pretty spotty yeah sporadic so at sporadic. best yeah best best besk what is that that's not even a word it's like a bisque bisque mm. <laughs> um lobster bisque but even in our spottiness i have some encouraging news oh yeah yes i got an email this week actually yesterday whoa from a guy i think his name is carlos that's not the point. Yeah. Anyway, Carlos. Yeah. We got informed that we are now number 26 in the um, category of Christianity, number 26 podcast in Mexico. Yeah. So thank you to all of our listeners who are listening from Mexico. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. I, I mean, it really is, even if it's only one person. I don't know who all's listening, oh, but thank I don't you either. for listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And we um our our podcasting hosting site has has um recently expanded their date their data to let us know where more specifically rather than just regionally listeners oh, cool. are downloading from. So I mean we've got countries all over the world that we're getting some some downloads from so we've got some that are in brazil we've got some that are in australia in new zealand That's germany awesome. austria um trying to think off the top of my head we have uh actually quite a few in canada yeah go canada eh? yeah. um they're not gonna listen after that i know i know <laughs> well, eh. um there's a couple in ireland that yeah, we've gotten nice. some downloads there awesome. so and then Several in the Pacific Northwest, some in the Northeast, a few right here at home in good old Oklahoma. You know, as you're going through that list, I'm trying to think about, okay, where where are my family members live and where have they been traveling over the last year? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't don't know exactly how they track all this data and and whatever, but it is kind of cool to just kind of see that... uh, People are listening, That's and awesome. we're we're grateful for that. So. Well, we are we are grateful. Thanks to all of you who have listened, and uh, and thanks to those of you that have uh, hit us up and let us know about a topic or something that you would be interested in us or others talking about on yeah. this podcast. And uh, I think we did the grab bag a while back, and uh, topic today is actually, oh that was a fun one. That was a fun one. That was enjoyable. Yeah. to do. Yeah, it was. 
Uh, and today is actually, um, we're, we're going to be exploring and diving into a topic that uh, someone put to us, one of our listeners. So if you ever have a topic, if you ever have something that you would like us to to talk about, to um, to wrestle with, or to bring someone else in to talk about, please let us know. We're we're very open, and we we love having a little bit of response and feedback and and all that. So yeah. So, so let's, Jackson, what's our what's our topic? Our topic today is actually stemming from. I had some really creative name for it, and I can't remember it now. Um, top five practical parenting tips parameters. For, Oh, um, but it, it was for the spiritual health of your, of you and your family and, and, and ha- kind of how to conduct that. That was a couple yeah. of episodes back. If you haven't listened to that, you can still listen to this episode, but I would recommend going and listening to that episode and then coming back and listening to this one. Cool. I think. Or not. Yeah. Disregard me. No, I don't know. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but we're going to, we're going to tackle what this listener sent us an email on just saying do you guys think that you could talk about the different approaches that you could have to having a conversation with your children about faith um and i thought that this was a great idea um and and this listener went on to to um talk about kind of what they're already doing in the home um and um seems to be wanting to just um, figure out some maybe some different approaches and if there's some better ways for them as a family to engage with with their child in this um and so we're gonna go for it yeah sound good yeah sounds great i'm excited yeah so dan how do you talk to edmund about <laughs> well you know actually this well, is i don't let me backtrack that how do you talk to your child about that? Because I yes. don't know that we've thrown out your child's name on this. Maybe we have. I don't know. My child's name is Edmund. Oh, okay. That's fine. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give you his middle names, but... Yeah. No, actually, you know, I, I love that uh, this is coming up just this morning, actually. Uh, Edmund has a little um, sort of like a felt Bible, and it has different... Uh, things that he can take out and put, so it has like a Noah's Ark, you know, sort of felt thing. It's got a, a monkey and a mm-hmm. um, giraffe and mm-hmm. he can take those things out and put them back in. And uh, this morning he brought that in and Hannah to our room and Hannah asked him about his Bible and he said, Bible. Um, and, and Edmund doesn't have a lot of words right now, mm-hmm. which is, which is partly why I bring this up. He doesn't have a ton of words and he's very repetitive. But then Hannah said that, uh, um, that the other day he'd seen her Bible and without imitating her had like pointed to it and said Bible. And I just thought that was kind of cool because, you know, a he's learning words and Mm -hmm. it's fun that he, he recognized, but, but I think one of the things that, that I at least um, sort of resonated for me is that we do make a point of reading our Bible around him and publicly and um oftentimes that means that we don't get a very good devo time yeah because he's there but i was like hey he knows what a bible is yeah at this point in his life right uh 19 months he knows what a bible is and he doesn't know anything about it he doesn't know what's inside of it he doesn't really know the content of it but he he knows that and all that to say 
I think when we think about conversations around around faith and and how do we do that and approaches, um, I think it's never too early to start, mm-hmm. and and the conversations that we have build on each other. Yeah. Um, and so it's never too late either, um, but it's never too early, and and uh, sort of just that you know start somewhere, um, and and even then I think just the the reality that kids will also have their own questions and and being open to what kids might want to bring up um, and to the questions that they might have is sometimes a good place to to start. But that that's not really getting us into the topic so so much. Um, that's more just anecdotal. Yeah, but, but I, I, I think that you know we've talked about modeling. Yeah, right. We've talked about modeling, and and I think um, maybe just as a as a foundation to this whole conversation around how do we have these conversations and what do we talk about, um, just that that piece of again reiterating of modeling and showing and making it a part of our lives is is sort of a, a building block to having those conversations. So. Right, and and I think that this conversation will be. Um, I don't want to say challenging, but from the perspective as parents, we don't have teenagers in our households yet. Um, We haven't parented teenagers. We've worked and been around preteens and teenagers and children. Mm -hmm. So like kind of in college students, so kind of the the gamut of what we would call a quote unquote child. Yeah. but the reality is, is that we haven't, we haven't, we don't have lived experience with a child in our household talking yeah. about faith to them. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, as, as Dan said, you kind of have that foundational aspect of modeling it to your child. Well, let's just say that you've got a high schooler, you haven't really had those conversations about faith. Um, you're you're seeing now, okay, that that's an important part. Maybe I'm about to send them off to to college, and I we've gone to church, and I I've hoped that they've picked up these things, but I haven't really had direct conversations with them, and um, trusting them, and I'm trusting God to help them navigate this. It's too late, and the answer to that is no, it's not mm-hmm. too late, and um, I think what a lot of teenagers really appreciate, especially coming from their parents, is an authenticity of like, mm-hmm. hey, um, let's sit down and let's talk about this and let's talk about our spirit or our soul. I mean, I don't know how you want to necessarily, what language would be most yeah. comfortable to you, but let's talk about our soul or our spirit or our um, the part of us that can relate to God that is not necessarily not necessarily the physical part of us, mm. right? How's that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just that kind of question right there. How is that? Mm. And maybe from a parent perspective saying, look, in my life personally, I've either neglected this or I've been taking care of it, but I haven't checked in with you, and I think that this is really important, important enough that I should sit down and talk with you about that, yeah. and we should check in every once in a while. So I think yeah. just starting the conversation, it can be kind of as intimidating yeah. as sitting down and having, you know, the sex talk with your mm-hmm. your uh, child, or talking about drugs and alcohol, or you're getting ready to drive and you're driving a 
two-ton hunk of metal that can, you know, <laughs> I remember having that conversation with my dad. So, yeah. hey, dad, put on my dad voice. That was good. You're not just responsible for your own life, but the lives of other drivers around you and that that kind of thing. So it can be kind of like you're sitting down and you're having this serious conversation, which it is. My And my hope is that eventually it would become more of a fairly casual conversation of this is how it's going and, mm-hmm. and and it might go deeper sometimes and it might not other times but it would just be kind of a normal conversation yeah but starting it out is going to be intimidating it's going to be weird to them yeah. it's going to be weird to you but the more you talk about it the less weird it is yeah does that make sense yeah no i think so and and I, you know i think you're, you're talking right now about sort of if if this is not something that has really been part of the fabric of your sure, maybe yeah. relationship with your kid. Yeah. And and I think, you know, being okay with, you don't need to, you don't need to get into, you know, Trinitarian theology or eschatology on the first right. conversation. Right. I think, I think, you know, asking that question of, uh, yeah, how, how's that, you know, whatever you said, soul or just how's how's your relationship with God or, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on faith right now? Or, you know, whatever, whatever that question might be. And, and you may get nothing, you know, and yeah. maybe like, uh, I don't know. You'd be like, okay, cool. Well, just know that I care about that. And that's something that's, you know, as important to me. And I think that's where you have as a parent have opportunities to share mm-hmm. and then ask again, you know, I think, um, and and that's part of the the modeling, but I, I think that uh, sort of with the authenticity piece. But if it's sort of a one one ask, you don't really get anything, and then you don't ask again, kids are gonna be like, "Well, it wasn't really that important," or you know, whatever else. But if it's a continual, like it's just a, just a check in, like, "Hey, you know, we talked about that thing the other day, and you know, I went to church today, and this is what I learned, and was there anything about Sunday school if you went or church or?" Um, I don't know. Do you like the music or just something that could in, in, invite some conversation? And, uh, and I think over time there, there's, that can become a little more normal mm-hmm. as you, as you do that. Um, you know, I, I think about, uh, sort of re- related in my mind, a, a story of, of, a of a guy who would go into a restaurant and asked about, would go to the same place, like, you know, on a weekly basis sort of thing. And uh, just said to the, the waiter at some point, like, Hey, I'm praying for you. Um, and, uh, kept saying it. And eventually I was like, you're actually praying for me, aren't you? It's like, yeah. Like, no, I like actually am praying for you. Um, and it just led to this really deep conversation and the guy shared stuff that was going on and in his life. And and it was this, this meaningful moment, but it took some repetition to be like, Oh, this is, this is real. Like, this is actually something that you care about and something you're thinking about. And I think the same can be true when it comes to conversations of faith. Um, and just that you don't need to get there the first time. Right. And that's not, don't feel like that's a failure. Don't feel like, ah, we tried and, well, that's, you know, we did, we've done all we can yeah. do. The you ship know. has sailed. and uh, ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, and in the same way that like, it doesn't matter how old your kid is, uh, it's never too late to start. And, and even if they're 30. Even if they're thirty now, if they're thirty-six, yeah, that ship has Jet sailed. Sip is <laughs> so sailed. No, just uh, kidding. Um, don't take that seriously. If any of you have thirty-six-year-old kids who are, uh, you want to have conversations with Faith about. But I, th- I think that even if you get into the adult children, um, kind of talking about that from 
the perspective of being an adult child, you know, I think that that would be a really meaningful conversation to have with your child. Um, And I I think that there is a weight to it, um, even with a teenage child that says, okay, well, you you care. Because I think... I think that we at least live in a culture that gives a little bit of weight to spirituality. Yeah. You know, whether that is landing in the Christian faith or not, I don't, you know, that can be that that's up in the air. Yeah. But for sure. but we we live in a culture that that at least values generic spirituality and care for I think right now it's kind of being packaged as self-care mm. when really it is um, what's being sought after is this care for one's unseeable intangibles, you know, which is our soul yeah. that only Jesus can fill, right? And yeah. that's yeah. the Christian perspective. That is what I I believe yeah. Uh, and we just try to do it through meditation and crystals and massages and, and yoga. <laughs> yeah. So and nothing wrong with meditation, nothing wrong with yoga. Yeah. Crystals, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. And I, and I think sort of in a similar vein, I think conversations about um, about culture, about you know beauty, about art, about... I mean, there are lots of, of ways into conversations about faith without having or without maybe starting explicitly with faith i mean i think yeah um kind of touching on that spiritual piece like okay we watched a movie together you know and we were both really liked it like why you know what what about that movie resonated or what about the characters or and and i don't know again that's i don't know what sort of relationship but like what sort of things do you think were motivating them and what motivates us or i I, you know and not that every time you sit down to have a movie you need to have a serious conversation sure. but at least i think there's opportunities there to get into some of these faith conversations sort of sideways yeah um, i i agree with that and i think that you can always take i again i don't think you should always take all of those conversations or all yeah. those opportunities yeah. all the time to have those conversations but there's a lot of opportunities that present themselves that if we're looking for them are inroads to have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And one of the one of my favorite things on mission trips is that we listen, and I think I've talked about this before, but we listen to Taylor Swift a lot because mm. generally, um, her music is palatable to the masses. It's generally appropriate for all the ages. All yeah. you know. Uh, depending on which era of Taylor you, yeah. you get into. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's just jamming and rocking out. But it's not particularly helpful to a Christian worldview all the time. Um, and especially when it comes to perspectives on dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that that you know, her songs can be sensationalized kind of of reality yeah. and it's not necessarily the truth. But it speaks to people as if it is true, mm. or at least that's a lot of times how um, I think youth receive things, that yeah. it, it's said in music, it's said in media, it's said in, in whatever. So this is the way that it 
it actually is, even yeah. though they have zero lived experience on how yeah. to navigate these things. Anyway, that's kind of an aside. But it's a great tool to say, okay, this is what Taylor Swift said, and that is not true. Yeah. This is what God says about yeah, this. Absolutely. And so even if you approach something that is maybe just the purpose of entertainment and we're all singing along, having fun, I'm not poo-pooing on Taylor Swift yeah. in the van, but I'm saying, hey, just so you know, she says this, that's incorrect. Yeah. You know, yeah, this totally. is, we don't want to, to just throw this away, you know? Yeah. Or this is what she says, and that's actually right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. here's why that's right. And yeah. so you can throw in Christian, pers- sorry, I just thumped the microphone. You can throw in My Christian <laughs> perspectives in these yeah. different things. Yeah. And the, the difficult part about that is, uh, especially if you're a parent who is kind of revitalizing your own faith, mm. that's going to be a little bit of a difficult um, path to navigate in the sense that um, you're figuring this out on your own too. It, yeah. You know, not yeah. on your own, but you're figuring this out along the way, I guess yeah. you should say, I should say too. Yeah. And, but that's okay. And I think that that's where a vulnerability can be helpful to mm-hmm. say, hey, this is what I've learned. Or, you know, I used to really enjoy the song for whatever. And now I've realized it says this and I've come to realize that that's not really true. Or, yeah. um, I don't know. I think there's inroads to that. Maybe I'm off base here, but. Well. Yeah, no, I think I, th- I think that makes, makes sense. Um, and so there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of get into this and, um, one thing I would say, and this is sort of moving a, a little bit away from the sort of if you have older kids and how do you get how do you get started in this if you haven't necessarily been doing it, but I think when it comes to conversations about about faith, and this this is a very sort of seemingly obvious one, but I think like there's there's nothing better to me than just reading the Bible together as a family, um, and and I think that. You can, I mean, this is, again, never too early to start doing that. And even if it seems late, you know, you're still the parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still okay to say like, you know, we're having family dinners together and you're going to softball practice or wrestling practice. And we're also going to do a Bible study together. Yeah. Because that's something that's important to us. Okay. Um, let's, I, I think I'm going to interrupt you real quick on that. What? Because yeah, please. I don't think that you're wrong, but this is my, what I've gleaned from parents just along the way yeah. in youth ministry, totally. because we, we've talked about that before in different parent um, classes and different contexts and, yeah. and talking to uh, parents about it's important to have these conversations with your kids and to uh, read the Bible and model reading the Bible and all this stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times what I get is, how do I do that? So I know that I should and that we should yeah. read the Bible together. Yeah. What does that actually look like? Yeah. And I mean, I didn't grow up in a household that we did Bible study together. That's mm-hmm. not something that was modeled to me. Yeah. Um, which is okay. I mean, I, I 
turned out fine, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we'll turn out great, Jackson. <laughs> I don't know about great, but I'm working on it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I think that if you didn't grow up with that, mm-hmm. sometimes that can look be intimidating to say, okay, this is the structure that it's actually going to look like. When really there is no structure that it has to look like. Yeah. Right. But maybe give some practical, just even if it seems so blatantly obvious, what are some ways that that would actually look like or that you could kind of approach reading the Bible together as a family practice? So I would say a couple things. I think a lot of people have questions about where to start in reading the Bible and it's a big book and I feel like if I start in the wrong spot, we're all going to be lost. And mm-hmm. so I think you could start with the gospel uh, and any of the gospels would be a great place to start. Uh, just be warned that Matthew starts with the genealogy, which is awesome and really cool and a lot in there, but just feel be free to skip it. <laughs> feel free to skip it if you need to. <sighs> okay. Yeah. No. Sorry. Um, no, if you need to, if you need to, the biggest thing is just doing it right. Yep. Um, I think, uh, you know, you could start with, uh, I mean, acts would be kind of cool to start yeah. with uh, stories of people. I love the old Testament growing up until probably until I was at least later, junior high, high school. I kind of, I just thought the new Testament was pretty boring, but I thought the old Testament was really cool because it had battles and fights and, kings and david and sort of read like arthurian legend or something like that and i yeah. thought that was pretty yeah. cool genesis i mean i think genesis is a great book to read together also not pg though so well that's uh, true just that's, warning there that's true yeah not pg i was actually just talking about that at sunday school this sunday where we're, we just finished up genesis in my sunday school class and uh yeah it's uh it's not pg we're talking about judah and tamar and yeah um it yeah yeah abraham and yeah <laughs> and then isaac and isaac and, and then and abraham again no so but anyways i so i but i think there are a lot of choose one of the short epistles uh one of the letters of paul um i think we just went through james as a james is um, a great one, middle actually. school um sunday school yeah and that we spent five weeks, so a week per chapter, and we could have yeah. easily spent ten, if not fifteen, absolutely yeah. on it because there there's so much practicality mm-hmm. in the way that we live. So, and I think that it's easy for people for um, those who are preteen and an early adolescence who are starting to develop abstract thinking because there yeah. is a lot of concrete in there, but it starts to relate it. There's lots of metaphors. Yeah. Um, it talks about um, uh, action and um, consequence and yeah. uh, how we should structure our lives and why we should structure our lives this way and why we should treat each other one way or another mm-hmm. uh, and how God wants us to structure um not just structure, but how he wants us to interact with other yeah. in very, very practical ways. So it's yeah. it's basically combining um, the Sermon on the Mount and Proverbs to the early church. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really short and jam-packed. So that one's a really good one too. Yeah. We'll say you know, it will raise a lot of questions, Yeah, um, which is good for conversation. Good. Yeah. 
but it will also be challenging to you. It's meant to be a challenging book. Yeah. And so you're never going to walk away with James saying, oh yeah, I do all that great. It's (laughs) just like reading the Sermon on the Mount. You're going to walk away. If you walk away thinking, oh yeah, I've got that, then you've got some blind spots because... Yeah, um, Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. So be be aware that that will be a chance for you to be vulnerable with your your kids too, but... um, I think it might spark some good conversation. Yeah, James is a great one. I read, I read James was super influential for me when I was in high school. Um, me too. Yeah, super super impactful. I also think it's fair. Now, well, I, I think it's fair to take parts of books. Um, now, generally speaking, I'm a big context person. Context is super super important. Reading things in context is super super important. But um, you might take Matthew five six and seven, the Sermon on the Mount, and just spend some time going through those three chapters. Uh, you might find uh, there's a there's a David Wenham book, which the church has. We did a couple, maybe five years ago now, uh, about parables. But you could just take some of the parables of Jesus and um, just... Those are great. Just like if you're going to do a Bible study, yeah. pick a parable, yeah, read just... the parable, talk about the parable. How does this apply to your life? Yeah, exactly. So and... I think, you know, don't be... You don't have to be intimidated of, oh, I need to know. There's lots of things that can be helpful, but um, but I think there are lots of different places where you could start. I would not necessarily start with like the book of Hebrews. I wouldn't start with Revelation. Leviticus. Uh, I wouldn't start with Leviticus. I wouldn't start with... Uh, I don't even... Well, Romans is awesome. I don't even know if I'd start with Romans, though. No, I'd start with, I would start deep. with Galatians if you're going to Galatians that. would be, yeah. I think Philippians is a great book. First Corinthians. I think is actually a, a really like accessible, has some really practical stuff. It's challenging. It's it's really challenging in some ways, but it, it's um, he's just dealing with some of the questions that the church is bringing up. So that would be a great place to start. He, he would be my like, just a very basic place to start is you you pick something right. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you pick a parable right. We're gonna just once a week we're gonna sit down over breakfast or over dinner because. We're scrambling in the morning <laughs> or whatever it is. Sunday afternoon, we're going to come back from church. We're going to read a parable and we're going to ask just some really basic questions. And we're going to ask basic questions just to make sure we understand it. So like what what's being said, you know, just let's repeat the story, make sure that we actually understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could ask, um, okay, we were to retell the story today. So maybe Jesus uses a lot of agriculture in his parables, right? Sowing seeds in the field. You know, what might be a way that we could retell the story today? What what might that look like? Yeah. You know, just kind of get creative, right? And then simple questions like, what what does this tell us about God? What do we learn about God from this? Um, and you're not looking for necessarily a right answer, yeah. right? But okay, well, we see in the parable of the sower that the sower is sows a lot of places even if it doesn't grow right so maybe that tells us that god is pretty gracious and sows the seed in a lot of different places maybe it tells us that we god wants us to grow and god wants us to bear fruit mm-hmm. so that's something we learn about god um just kind of explore right yeah. basic question what is what is this what what might this tell us about god um you know, words like might and may are softeners on questions. Uh, so it, 
sort of implies that we don't have to get this right. Yeah. So what what might this? Let's just let's just get creative, right? Um, what might this tell us about us, about people, right? Well, we can be we can be rocky. Maybe that tells us we can be rocky, or maybe it tells us that we can actually produce something, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what might that be? What do you what do you think God might invite us to produce in our lives, right? I mean, that can lead to that. Um, and then maybe uh, you know, is there anything? in this what we've read that might uh encourage us to do something practical this week you know is, is there any sort of practical takeaway this week so um, i don't know if three you, basic questions yeah. right i mean like god us anything practical right yeah. I, I like it doesn't have you can do that in 10 minutes yeah right and just begin to get into that rhythm right and i think the thing is i think is like as you read scripture when you talk about james right or as you read scripture questions about faith are going to come up Mm -hmm. well why does why is god like this why does god want us to do this you know why what is the fruit of the kingdom right like that's a theological question but it comes out of reading scripture yeah and i think that so often we want to approach theology conversations and be like oh i want to talk about heaven or i want to talk about salvation or i want to talk about hell or i want to it's like just read the Bible and see what it says you know and then well i think you've moved us down the road to the first well I think if, like you said, we could approach this from lots of different kind of angles of how to go about this. Yeah. And uh, in my mind, I've started to structure this conversation in what are the fears that parents have that would hold them back from doing this? Kind of that they know that they should do this, but I'm afraid of this. And one of them is kind of where to start how this even would actually look like. And we kind of talked about that. And now you've moved us into the second fear, which I yeah. think is actually probably one that holds more parents mm-hmm. back than the first fear. And that is, what happens when my child asks me a question that I don't know? Yeah. And I will run give... Away. Run away! Ah! They will. Yeah. They, they will. will. They, they will. ask me questions that I don't know in small group. Yeah. Um and and part of this is this starts to get back into okay. Well, are you in God's word? Are you taking care mm-hmm. of yourself spiritually or yeah. are are you not taking the time to do that? Yeah. Um And I but even if you even if this is kind of on the steps that you're starting to do that now and you're inviting your child on the journey to do that, the, the reality is, and this is what I tell them too when they ask questions, I'm happy to give them answers that I have come to settle on. But that's not the same as them discovering the answers themselves. Yeah. And even um, through contemplation, through prayer, and even through Google, you know, like that, that sounds, there's some wrong answers on Google. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that we're intimidated by questions, but we're more resourced than we've ever been hmm. in the history of humanity yeah. to answer questions. And yeah. not all of the answers are actual correct answers. Mm-hmm. But I think that we can navigate our way to come to 
something relatively close and then use a discernment process of prayer, other scripture passages, other conversations that we've had. This is where listening to sermons actually is kind of helpful because it might touch on a uh, topic or a subject that you're having a conversation um, with your child about. And even just admitting, you know, I don't know, but let's look into it together. How about this week you look into this Mm -hmm. and I'll look into this. And then next week before we start, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's great. Love that. Yeah. So don't be afraid of questions. Yeah, don't be. Yeah, absolutely. Invite questions. If they're asking questions, that's a good thing. And on any topic, Mm -hmm. if they are asking questions, then that means that you have open door conversations. Like you have opened the door to a dialogue and um, that is healthy and that is good. Even if you come to different conclusions. Yeah. um, uh, Now I'm kind of stepping outside of just like, Bible study yeah, here, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but on any topic, if you have open door conversation, open line of communication, then that's huge. Then that's huge. That's a mm-hmm. win, yeah. and at least you haven't eliminated your voice from that topic. Yeah. If anything, you now hold some influence in your child's life, and they're contemplating what you have to say about this, and yeah. they're trusting you enough and caring enough about this topic to actually come to you and ask you a question. That's a major win. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I I would totally echo that. I I, I think the, the, the feeling that we need to be the answer people is, is really strong Mm -hmm. that we need to be the expert as the parent, but even uh, there's a a professor at Whitworth university, um, Adam Nieder and uh, read one of his books and, really talking about doing theological education, teaching teaching theology in the university context. And one of the things that he talks about is that, you know, part of your goal as the professor of theology is to not just disseminate information, but to help create a space where these students are actually encountering Jesus on their own. And And part of that comes through conversation. It comes through dialogue. It comes through asking questions because you know, part of the hope is that they are coming to their own um, understanding of, of, of who God is. And, and and I think that, you know, it's a, it's a balance. Like, there are some things that need to be taught um, and, and spoken, and there there's there's sort of truth that needs to be shared and passed on. That, that's part of it. Um, but there's also, in that, we also are, are hoping that students will have their own relationship. Um, and so it's not just about us being the um, the experts who the kids come to, but it's about them coming to their own relationship with Christ, and we get to be a part of that. And I think to me that that frees me from I mean, even as a pastor, right? I mean, I don't know all the all the answers, and I've got thoughts and opinions, and people ask, you know, I, I get to talk a lot about <laughs> what I believe, yeah. but um, you know, but my my hope is not just that people would be like parrot what I say or say, well, Dan says this, so therefore I say this, but actually that they would, in some sense, encounter Jesus through worship and through the sermons and through their own reading of scripture, um, and that they would be convicted of what they believe, not just that they would say, well, I, you know, someone else said this, so I'm going to say it. Yeah. So I, I think that to me at least frees me a little bit from that knowledge of I have to know everything. Um, yeah. Because part of what we are doing is we are exploring together this this uh, mysterious God who has made 
himself known to us in scripture. And so, um, and which what, is fun. I, I mean, think I think that's another yeah. way of saying that. Cause I do, I do think that's right. That is extremely freeing that I don't have to know all the answers, but I think the other way of saying that is kind of what's the point in having a Bible study? Mm. Is it that my, um, kids be biblically literate? Mm. I, I think that that can be a point, but I don't know that that's the point, Mm. right? The prayer that I have for my kids is that they come to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think that the Bible and Bible literacy can really help with that along the way, but that's not the main goal, Yeah. right? And in some senses, if they know that, but they don't know Jesus, then if they know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus, I've missed the mark. Yeah. Not me necessarily. It's not necessarily a reflection on me, but the the mark has been missed, whoever it is that misses it. Yeah. There are well-renowned scholars of the Bible who... They found us. They found us. Uh I don't know how, but they found us. Run. Hide. Run for it, Marty. (laughs) Get that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the future. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, there are well-renowned scholars of the Bible who have zero faith, right? Um, or James. James says, even the demons, you know that God is one. Great. Yeah. Even the demons do, and they shudder, right? So it's it's more than just head knowledge that we're going for. But at the same time, we also, like I said, believe that Scripture is the primary vehicle by which God has made himself known right speaks and so it's it's a but it's not yeah it's like well i can i can quote genesis through revelation mm-hmm. and i don't believe any of it that's not the point right yeah. i mean that's um or maybe i believe it in my head but it yeah i, it hasn't, I think hasn't it begun, and i've yeah. associated that with believing mm. and that that's really not engaging the part of us that Jesus really wants to engage with. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that he doesn't want to engage with our brain. Yeah, the head and the heart. Yeah, exactly. Like band. Yeah. So I think that that was coming up also on fear number three that I've put in my mind is yeah. how do I encourage my child to have a relationship with Jesus when I don't understand my own mm. relationship with Jesus? Or even if you yeah. do understand your own relationship with Jesus, that still is a... Um, I think it's hard to have those conversations move from, and this is uh, move from head knowledge to heart knowing um, to relationship. And that's the difficult part about youth ministry or any ministry really, right? We're shepherds along the way to get them to engage with Jesus, not know things about God. Yeah. Can I, can I, Sure. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Not, but I, I think that even when I think developmentally about kids, yeah. I, I think that, and I think about my own life, like there's, there's a, t- I think there's a place for, I don't know, for lack of a better sort of phrase, like factual knowledge. Like there's, there's a place to simply be like, okay, it's important to know the story of Jesus, of the flood, of creation, and you don't need to like really understand it at this point or necessarily like grasp how it fits into the whole or be moved in your heart 
because in this we see the beauty and creativity and redemptive power of, of God, right? Like, it's enough to just know the story at this point in your life. And we hope that, like, as you grow, like, this cumulative knowledge and, like, learning these these things will then become something more than the sum of their parts by the Spirit's working. Uh, but I, I think part of that is developmental. I mean, even just, like, going from concrete to abstract, like, the ability to sort of... Uh, move from head to heart is something that I think we actually acquire in some sense and develop, we develop into as we get later in life. No, I, I 100% agree that agree with that. Agree that. Agree that. <laughs> I, and I think that you've brought us full circle back to your anecdotal piece with, with Edmund. Yeah. Right. And this is, this goes back also to why we, baptize infants Mm -hmm. they don't understand yeah right and it's not that they have to understand now it's that they come to understand right for sure um and that 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 that's developmental too i'm i was more speaking of that as a roadblock to parents engaging yeah more so than an actual lived out reality of this is kind of the lie that we tell ourselves you know so that that keeps us from doing it not really um, the practical, what is actually happening. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like if I don't know these details, facts, if I don't have an answer, then yeah. Or if I, if I feel, if I feel inadequate to shepherd my child along into having a relationship with God, then this is futile. Well, the point is, or the, the reality of it is, is that I'm ill-equipped to shepherd my child into having a relationship with God. There's nothing that I can actually do that is going to cause God to move in their hearts. That is a God thing that is out of my control. But there are things that I'm instructed to do and I can do in faith through prayer, through trusting. And this is where it comes back to our own practical faith, that it is an act of trust to to give that over to God and yeah. trust that God is going to work in the lives of our children and through our lives to, to shepherd them along the way, to bring them to know and love him. Yeah. Hopefully that's the prayer, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the hope. Yeah. Um, Which is why prayer is such an important piece of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, going back to Adam Nieder, he says, you know, prayer is the primary uh, task of the theological educator. You know, and we'd say that for parents, like prayer is the primary task because we're attempting, we desire something for our kids that we can't do. Yeah. Right. We, we desire for them to have a relationship, to come to know, love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can't make that happen. We can, we can be helpful yeah. and we can, or we can be harmful to that. Yeah. But we can't, I can't make Edmund love Jesus. Right. Right. No, you can't. No. So I think that's what, you know, prayer like in like saying lord this is something that you alone can do in the heart of my child okay so rapid fire just um things that are popping into my brain yeah two things um got a phone call sorry um i'm not answering it but that's i was rapid firing and then i was (laughs) silent um we're a very professional (laughs) podcast um two things that popped into my head. And that is oftentimes we look through a lens that our child is professed a faith in Jesus. 
that they're coming to know Jesus and whatever kind of context, because each child's different in the context of what they're bringing to the table, what their life is structured like, how, how that looks, who they are, yeah. that kind of thing. But there's a sense that sometimes that we can expect certain behaviors to, to reflect in their mm. life since they have followed Jesus. Mm. And that is, I don't think, a horrible expectation or an unreasonable expectation, but the reality is is that they're still teenagers or yeah. children, and yeah. what is reflected in their decision-making is not always going to be reflected in their good desires of their heart, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the bad desires of our heart win. Yeah, You absolutely. know, that I think that we all can say that there have been moments in our life, a lot more than we're willing to admit, where the bad desires of our heart win. Yeah. And a lot of times that just screams a lot louder in in youth um, because they haven't lived long enough to learn how to uh, cover it up or make it more palatable, yeah. right? They're usually yeah. very like glaringly horrible, bad decisions that you know that they shouldn't have made. Or if you were to make them, you would make them in a much smarter way that it would be less public. Yeah. So um, don't get that mixed up. Mm-hmm. It, that's part of <clears throat> development too. Yeah. And that's the, a, a sad part of development, yeah. uh, especially from a parent perspective, but it's one that's, gonna happen and not saying that that's okay and you just let it be okay but it's a reality that that's gonna happen yeah and i can't remember the second one so you know you only get one rapid fire (laughs) (laughs) i mean when you hit the center of the target with the first one uh so i I don't know if this thought's related to anything that we've exactly been talking about but that's okay um, we like random thoughts yeah well I, i mean it's related to the conversation at least but um so I think I'm thinking about sort of the the fears the parents you know might have and, yeah. and sort of we've been talking around maybe the fear of just in some sense being inadequate whether my own faith is not what I want it to be mm-hmm. or I don't feel competent to shepherd or I don't feel competent to a- answer questions and we may have talked about this or I may have talked about this but I like thinking and talking about faith and what we believe and what we affirm sort of with the image of, of uh, concentric circles that gradually get bigger and bigger. As oh, they okay. Go yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And like a target, like a target. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think oftentimes we, we worry about stuff that's on the periphery. So, so it would be one of the larger circles on the, one outside. of the larger circles, you know, and, I might think about the questions that I get asked at Awana or that you get asked at POW and like great questions or, you know, like, you know, why, why did God let the devil tempt Adam and Eve? You Good know, question. Like that's, it's a yeah. great question. That's a great question. Technically it's the serpent. Jeez. We, history of yes. tradition has told us that's the, you know, whatever, whatever. Yep. Um, sorry, that's getting us sidetracked. Right, right, right. Um, or, uh, what do Christians think about homosexuality, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not that those things aren't important, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that they are, um, and they're really good questions. But I think that 
I wonder if sometimes parents are like, I don't know how to answer that. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And and my encouragement is, okay, when we think about faith, think about those concentric circles. And what's what's the core of what we believe? And at the core of what we believe is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? It's Jesus. Yeah. And it's it's the Jesus is Lord is the earliest Christian, Christian confession. Um, I think, you know, the triune God, uh, what we affirm in the Apostles' Creed. And not everything there is, like, completely easy to understand. Some things, I mean, incarnation is something we can affirm understanding is harder right? right i affirm that jesus is fully god and fully man do i understand that yeah i don't know um but i think we we start with what we we know we start with what is clear um we start with what is sort of essential and then we we, we build out from there and i think that particularly on those some of those peripheral issues that are you know it's it, ideally those things are um we understand them and we interpret them and we come to conclusions based on what's at the center sort of mm-hmm. we build our theology out um but you know again i think like what we're trying to do as parents is to bring our kids always back to jesus mm-hmm. right and, and always back to what he has has done for us and and then you know what and then that you know how do we live in obedience what does it mean to respond to what what christ has done and if you don't know and you don't have opinions or don't know what you think or don't know maybe you know what you think but you don't know how to sort of talk from scripture about particular topics like that's okay you know and and i think in that be like you know i don't know maybe this is a question for someone else but like this is what i do know like you know i don't know why god let adam and eve be tempted or i don't know what happens to people who have never heard about Jesus when they die, you know, people in the farthest corners of the world, they've never heard about Jesus. And are they going to hell? Like, I don't know that. But what I do know is that God is good. And I know that God is love. And I know that God is just. And I know, and so like, that's what I know. So if I know that, then I know that whatever happens to those people, it's going to be good, merciful, just, right? I don't know what that is. Yeah. But that's, I know that about God and I know that God doesn't change. So like that gives me some sort of like framework to uh, think about a question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think I that's think one we ten- don't need to know the answer to, but I, I think just like, so start at the center, Yeah. focus on the center and then like, let that help you, help you sort of explore and then sort of push out into some of those other topics yeah does that make sense it does and i think that on a real practical level this will be really helpful to parents to engage in your own faith and it's a Mm -hmm. great spiritual practice that honestly i get to do every week pretty much and that is to not let the peripheral stuff muddy the waters for the essential yeah. Right? Because yeah. you're... Yeah. And it's hard... It's really difficult to do as an adult because we bring a lot more baggage to the conversation than the person mm-hmm. asking it. Yeah. Right? Oftentimes. And... Or the vast majority of the time. Not to say that they don't bring their own baggage, right? Yeah. Or that your children don't have life experience that is baggage yeah but a lot of times we will 
insert political view here or (laughs) insert way I was raised here, Mm -hmm. insert pseudo-Christian culture here, insert definitely not even close to Christian culture, but I believe it anyway here. And so we bring a lot of that stuff into the conversation that doesn't necessarily even need to be there. Um, and, And it is... To, to be able to weed through all of that and boil it down to, okay, this is what I know. Because mm-hmm. even when you were breaking that down, I know that God is just, I know that God is merciful, and I know that God is love. Okay. Well, how can he be just and merciful and loving at the same time? Because yeah. when he brings about his justice, doesn't that mean that there's going to be some people? And see, now yeah. I'm even doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're bringing that kind of in. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. And it's good to have those conversations to kind of be able to flesh that out in your own mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's helpful from a foundational standpoint to hash that out with your child. Yeah right then and there. This gets back to kind of what you were saying with developmentally. Know where your kid is developmentally yeah. and what they can handle and what they can't handle. Yeah. Um, don't give them stuff that they can't carry yeah. yet. Well, like it can, will can build. Can I jump in on that? Yeah. Because yeah. I think that also like like that, that question, which is great, right? Like how can sure. God be just and merciful and loving all at the same time? Um, and... But I also think that sometimes kids, like we, we have gotten to a place where we feel like, maybe we've gotten to a place where we feel like those things don't fit together in our uh-huh. minds. Your kid might not. You know, like your kid might be like, okay, perfect. God's just and merciful and loving. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like I'm down with that. Yeah. You know, and 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 like don't don't feel like you. I think that's part of the fun exploration of like things with kids. Like sometimes you say something that you think is just really tough and challenging and they're just accepted. They're like, yeah, perfect. Sounds makes good. complete sense. Yeah. I'm totally in. Well, and that's, um, so you don't need to muddy the waters that way either. Like, that, you don't I need agreed. To, yeah. Um, well, and so often we don't give children of whatever age enough credit for being able to think on their own yeah. because we see yeah. actions where it's like, what in the heck were you just thinking, you yeah. know? And so we extrapolate out and say, there is no thought process that's going on in Ever. their brain, right? Ever about anything. When they do think about things, they think yeah. about things quite deeply. Yeah. They don't always articulate it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they don't even exactly know, but that doesn't mean that it's not in their churning. Yeah. And they will surprise you. Yeah. And I learn a lot from students. I learn a lot. I, I get my perspectives challenged by some of the ways that that they view things not even just yeah. my perspective challenged but when we talk about certain topics or certain scriptures it's like oh you got that out of this yeah i'd never thought of that yeah huh okay well yeah i think that that's great you know yeah. and yeah. um so we i think oftentimes we don't give them enough credit and that's that's the balancing act Mm -hmm. and that's that's a difficult thing to do especially when you get into uh, puberty right because their brain chemistry is changing so rapidly and what they honestly sometimes it's just 
catching the mood right too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is sure. the 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 um, challenge of of parenting teenagers and speaking yeah. into the lives of teenagers. Um, is you, you might catch them on a bad day, and that yeah, yeah. Th- that has a lot to do with to the like conversation. Of like, don't be discouraged if yeah, exactly don't go well. The, you right, know, or you might catch them in, on a day where it's like things are humming, and I was just thinking about this, and yeah. blah, 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 you yeah. know, and they they give you way more than you ever expected. Absolutely. Um, so again, don't don't judge the whole from one particular incidence, or even even a pattern of incidences because sometimes that doesn't actually give you the correct picture, yeah. uh, especially when it goes on what's going on in their hearts and what's going on in their minds. Yeah. And that doesn't always come out in their actions, but it's churning in there. Right. And yeah. I think that we as adults can all uh, remember and maybe even um, still have, know that feeling of it churning in Mm -hmm. us right and i haven't quite settled on this yet but i'm i'm chewing on it and and trying to figure this out and hopefully we're including god in that chewing process yeah you know in conversation with him anyway i think i digress no 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 i I think all this is this is good I, i i was just thinking about you know jesus obviously has a lot to say about kids and one of the things he says is that you know, we have to become like children to enter the kingdom of God. And I think that there's also in that something to consider when we, when we, you know, are, are talking about having conversations about faith with our kids is that we also, I think, have something to learn from our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, y'all, well, most of you listening know that I love Lewis and Tolkien and Chesterton, but you know, one of the things that, that they all talk about in various capacities is sort of the the ability of children to believe the mysterious and the wondrous and the magical, sort of. Um, and I see it in Edmund. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is wonderful to right. him and wondrous to him. Uh, moss on rocks is like the coolest thing ever, right? And... And we sort of lose that as adults and, and we get, um, we can get kind of hardened to, to those things or we want to explain and sort of see through things. And um, I think about electricity, right? Like Edmund, the, the, when a light turns on and he knows, you know, the switches turn on lights, but it, I mean, it is obviously magical to him. Yeah. Right. And to us, it's like, well, we know how electricity works. But at the same time, like... Do we? Well, well, okay. So, I mean, Sorry. well... Okay, it's still pretty magical. Yeah, but, um, you know, theoretically, like, yeah. I know how that works and that sort of demystifies it at some point. But at the same point, like, it still is, like, pretty cool and pretty miraculous. We don't... Like, learning about how something works doesn't have to remove the sort of quote-unquote magical element of it. Um and I'm, I'm digressing here too, but I, I think that, anyways, I think that kids have a lot to teach us about about faith and about um, sort of the wonder and the mystery of God and being okay with that. And and like maybe we we don't need to fully t- 
take apart every aspect of what we believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a, you know, I love theology and I love doing that, but we don't need to, you know, like there's, there's sometimes you just sit with the mystery of who God is. And I think that in these conversations, again, kind of going back to like, don't feel like you have to know everything and teach everything. Like also be open in these conversations to what you might learn from your kids, not even in terms of always just what they'll say, but just like how they approach God right? I mean, I think there's a lot that we have forgotten and a lot that we need to relearn. And again, Jesus says you need to become more like children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's part of these conversations too, is that we need our kids to to uh, to help us to become more youthful in our relationship with God, if that makes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I remember my second rapid fire yeah. random thought. Nice. And it was, you were talking about prayer. Mm. And I think that just as we reading scripture models to them, um, prayer models to them too. And James was preaching a couple of weeks ago about how a lot of times we will... um, expect young Christians to, okay, you've given Jesus lordship of your life. Okay, that's great. Go. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what do I do? And I know that I'm supposed to read the Bible and pray, but how, how do I do either one of those? And we, we feel like prayer is like, like we're, when we be, have, you know, have been reborn when we have, have been made new that we're like a foal and we yeah. just get up and start running. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's not true at yeah. all. And yeah. I, I think that we do have some help from the Holy spirit, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, breathing life into us and, and guiding us and, 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 um, prompting us in certain ways. And so I think we all do have some sort of innate understanding of how to pray or what yeah. prayer is or some really rough framework model of prayer as a holy text message to God. Um, yeah. But but modeling, pre- we don't actually ever model prayer outside of what I would say Sunday school, you know, and we'll pray maybe at the table, right? And that's not, all prayer is yeah right and and james in his in his sermon was really great because we don't have to it's not inauthentic to pray a prayer that someone else has already prayed yeah right it's not yeah. inauthentic to take scripture and prayers that paul has written out and actually just pray that prayer i mean yeah. jesus says pray like this yeah you absolutely. know and yeah. gives us a structure of prayer and yeah. and so while we're while we are reading scripture to our children, while we are doing a Bible study with them, while we are tackling parables with them, um, pray with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, model that with them. And, and I think the parents um, have an easier inroads in this, right? Because we, we do pray at meals, right? Mm-hmm. Or we, a lot of families have that as a practice. Or... Yeah. Um, even that's something that Campbell can understand. Uh, Campbell is my four-year-old. Um, that's something that my children can understand even at four and 19 months old. They can understand prayer 
Yeah. Even if they don't understand how we're going about it or what we're yeah. actually doing. Yeah, but it becomes a habit of, Daddy, we didn't pray tonight. Or did you pray for this? You yeah. know? Yeah. Or I want to pray for that, even though yeah. it's silly and simplistic and it to me it's like oh we don't pray about that yeah. uh, in my haughty voice in my head yeah. that is such a childish thing to pray for hmm, maybe i should pray for those things right, right? right. um and yeah. it kind of uh opens our eyes to what concerns them as children and mm-hmm. a lot of times i think that opens our eyes to what we should be concerned about yeah um anyway Prayers and we're talking yeah. about Bible study and yeah. all that stuff, but I think a lot of times we we say go and we turn believers loose into this world of figure out how to pray on your own, and it's like yeah. yikes, that yeah. can be super intimidating. Um, and so we just don't do it. Yeah. Where Absolutely. whereas yeah. we can model that, and we can even mandate that at certain points in the day, and that's not a bad thing, and that's not inauthentic yeah it's inauthentic a word yeah inauthentic yeah yes yeah the opposite of authentic yeah i think it's inauthentic <laughs> i was trying to think if it's unauthentic but i think it's inauthentic yeah yeah well wow. and i think i think we're probably about the, the yeah close of our yeah. time but mm-hmm. you know one of the things i think that was asked and hopefully we sort of touched on this is just you know the importance of all of this and um you know again part of why we're doing this podcast and having these conversations and why you're in you know junior high ministry is if this you know if if our relationship with christ truly is the most important thing if god has as saint augustine says this god has created us for himself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him then you know, what is of greater importance in family life than these sorts of conversations, right? Um, what, what is of greater value? What's more important that we will do in the course of a day or in the course of the lives of our kids than in some small way help to introduce them to Christ? Um, so it's, uh, I hope that's not intimidating. I mean, I think, I think it's just, it, hopefully, I, hopefully we just we just focus and spend time on the things that we value, and hopefully this is something that we value. Yeah, that and that's what I was hoping for this episode to be is that I think that a lot of times we can hear exactly what you just said, and it's intimidating. Yeah, when yeah, really the sure. practical steps to actually pulling that off and actually giving time to that is simple yeah it is accessible to all of us yeah and is it it's not something that i think it's something that the enemy can really take and twist and say Mm -hmm. you are inadequate for this that you will never be able to do this you don't know so how can you expect to lead your child in this they'll never get into this they'll just reject this yeah. straight out you're not an expert whatever the the lies are those will start to creep in and and so don't let those lies dictate how you approach this yeah. start somewhere yeah start simple and 
engage with your um, children and they will engage back. Um, Super random anecdote here. My children love to play. All children love to play, right? Mm -hmm. But I... the hardest part of my day is when they want to play and I don't want to play with them. Mm. I don't want to engage. Um, And then that begets them being needy or seeking Mm. attention. And the most helpful thing that I can do is actually engage with them Mm. and engage in playing because my four-year-old knows when my heart is not in this game of hide and go seek or when I really don't want to have a doctor's checkup or, you know, my mind is somewhere else when I'm supposed to be fighting a imaginary fire with her or whatever. She knows that. Right. And so the most helpful thing to get buy-in from her that we are on the same side and we're going to have an enjoyable day together. And it actually helps with her behavior in other ways too, is when I just engage with her, Mm. I step into that world of mystery and magic. And I think that that will go a long way for even your adult children, your teenage Mm. children, you know, your elementary school age children, your young children to engage with them don't disengage yeah engage step into this yeah and then things happen yeah and that's the hope and the prayer and the trust that we have going into these conversations is that we're trusting that the holy spirit will make things happen and what will happen when we just let go and not worry about what happens and just let something happen right yeah that's the wonder that's the the spark you know that that's there when we engage so that's great look at it as you're fighting an imaginary fire with your small child right go back to that place in your mind if you're if you're past that Um, go to that if you're right in the middle of it you know engage with them have these conversations don't disengage yeah that's great anything else I think we've solved the world's problems. Yeah. Right? You know, every podcast, and we solve the world's problems, and yet we keep coming back. I know. <laughs> and I always think that it's great, and then I start to edit it, and I'm like, ah! Oh, no! Yeah. We didn't even talk about anything. Well, <laughs> efficiency. Uh, efficiency, follow through. Efficiency, follow through. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Shout out to Eric. Thanks again for the sweet tunes. Oh, that reminds me. I need to put his new one in here. Key new music. Nice. Excellent. I'll let you listen to that for a little bit. Yeah, we don't know it yet. We don't know it yet. He sent it to me, though. Okay. Well, hit us up. Is there anything you'd like us to talk about or bring in someone else to talk about? Let us know. If you want to take us out to coffee, follow up on any of this. We're happy to, yeah. We're happy to. Um, I have no idea when the next one will be. But see you then. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Peace.